Welcome to In The Paint. I'm your host, Daniel Ortiz, and today we have a bonus podcast. I was recently on the Dream Chasers podcast with Harvey Harrington, the brother of ex-NBA player Al Harrington. We had a wide-ranging interview just talking about everything, man. You know, basketball training sensitivity and the basketball training culture. We also talked about Pete Rose. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You're in the paint, and we dream chasing. Hey, welcome back to another podcast from Dream Chasers. I got Daniel Artes on on the um, on the line today. Um, this gentleman is the brother to Ron Artes. Uh, he's played basketball not only in America, he's been overseas, seen a lot. Uh, I bonded with him really well. Both of our brothers uh, played on the same uh, Indiana Pacers team together. His brother has won a championship with the Lakers. Daniel Artes, how's it going, man? Everything is good down here in a uh, sunny and warm Charleston, South Carolina right now. Just, you know, <laughs> enjoying the day, man. Right, right. So, man, before we even go into, into anything, how'd you get to South Carolina? Because I know y'all are from New York, Queensbridge. Yeah, you know, we're from Queensbridge. And, but I just ended up moving to South Carolina just for a change of pace. Okay. You know, you know, New York is so fast. And actually, you know, living in Indiana for like 13 years, Right. That slowed me down. It slowed me down a lot. So when I moved back to New York, I was just overwhelmed with everything. It was always something to do, and right. um, and it kind of took a toll on me mentally. Right. So when the opportunity came to to leave New York, me and my girlfriend, we just decided to just come down here to the South. I got you. I got you. So who is Danny Artes? Uh, Danny Artes is just you know. Just your average, you know, person, you know, uh, taking care of the kids. Right. And I have four boys. I have four boys, and you know, you know, just working, and you know, former basketball player. Really don't play basketball that much anymore. Right. And and now I'm just passing on the knowledge I, that I've attained over the years from watching, you know, my brother playing in, in the league. You know, your brother. I mean, your brother playing in the league, and right. you know, just taking that knowledge and passing it down to to those who need it. Right. Right. What was what was life like? Um, growing up with Ron and your other siblings, I mean, it, it was cool. It was a lot. It was a lot of us because uh, my sisters started having kids at a young age, so okay. it got kind of it got kind of crowded. So the attention from my parents, you know, it, it was spread thin. Right. You know, what I'm saying since it was everybody now. At one point, we had like 17 people in one place, bro. And wow. Yeah, and you know, I just felt like sometimes. I was I was overlooked in the house because I was right. able to come and go as I pleased. I wasn't getting disciplined as much right. as I, I as I, as I used to. So I was I was coming in the house late. And then when you when you grow up in the house, you know you 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 know this from experience. When you're growing up in a house with a top five player right. uh, in, in high school or whatever, you know <laughs> right. family is just going to gravitate towards that. You know right. what I'm saying? So sometimes I you know I told my parents later on that sometimes I felt like I was left out. Right. Even when I was, even when I was playing basketball, I, you know, they, I remember one game in, I was in eighth grade. I scored 66 points in the game. Wow. And then all my moms complained about was why I was coming in so late. <laughs> After really? I told them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> 
So, you know, I mean, it, it was tough, but, you know, I, I mean, it, it, I guess it, it is what it is. That's what God wanted. That's the family that God wanted me to be in. So I, right. I can't really complain about it. Right, right. Through Ron's success, watching him come up throughout the ranks and all that good stuff, what was that like for you? Did you – how did you gravitate towards his journey? Uh, did you did you always just want to play basketball? Did you watch him? What was that like with, with how Ron was coming through when he was coming? I mean, it, it was cool. I was getting – all right, let's be honest. The only time, like – I mean, I played my basketball. I played my basketball, but a lot of people didn't really, really didn't know that that right. I played my basketball because you know I never played in high school. I only right. played in AAU, and AAU was in the spring. Right. I never played not a single second in high school. So when I was coming up, everybody was like, you know, I, I, we didn't know that Ron had a brother or whatever. Wow. And um, but Ron, you know, he always kept me close, especially when he got to college. You know, uh, I used right. to go and stay with him and then I used to play basketball against his teammates and things and um, you know he, he, kept, he, kept, he kept me pretty close we had a pretty uh, close relationship during those college days it, it, it was fun right. because um like even though I was I was in ninth grade right. and I, I used to win the intramural leagues at, at St. John's I was like the youngest person in the whole league and, and um, they let me play right. or whatever and, and uh, you know I had I just had a lot of success at the intramural leagues you know just just killing all the college kids right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. nice. let me ask you a question though. Go ahead. Um, like same thing you asked me. How was it for you? You know, you you growing up. Your family is smaller, right? You know what I'm saying. And I think that you know, I, um, I think your mom and dad were to was together or still together at that time, or whatever. Like I didn't have the whole family right. dynamic that y'all had. You know, from what I've seen from y'all, y'all was tight. Y'all was tight knit. Right. You know what sure. I'm saying. Even though you know, you see my dad. My dad was always around. Right. He was he he didn't live with us though all that time. He was always just coming. He was always coming back, coming, you know, come visiting, come visiting every day. Right. So how was that? How was that like that side growing up? So it was, for me, it was, uh, people don't know. I mean, we went through a stint where my mom was a single mom. You know, my dad, I don't know if you know or not, or I, I, I know I told you, but my dad passed away. My biological father passed away when I was probably maybe six or seven, something like that. Mm, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it was crazy because. Uh, the void that was left for me, even though I was young, a lot of people would be like, well, you were young. You you don't really understand. Like the, my son is seven right now. And if I was to die right now, uh, knock on wood, I, I, I would I would imagine my son would remember me. But I, I, I just don't know what the impact would be because I just don't think that, you know, his his mind capacity at seven. I don't know that he would be able to withstand that. I think he would, you know, I think it would be sad and all that good stuff. But the impact for me was was uh was really, really tough because I remember, you know, like my dad was just like the protector. Al always was bothering me. You know, I, I cried a lot as a kid. So, you know, Al would pick at me and do different things. And it was always like, Al, leave him alone or this and the other. And he was always coming to the rescue. So my dad, uh, you know, he was a, he was a, a army vet. Um, he had came back from one of these tours and, you know, I, I don't know exactly what was the name of whatever he had or whatever, but he kind of like, he lost the ability to speak. Like he came back mm. and he was like, you know, a couple words here, a couple words there. And then all of a sudden he could not speak. And it was like, you know, he would walk off places and we would have to go back and grab him and pull him back. And he would not say a word. So for me as a kid, psychologically that hurt, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and, and one thing that, that it really made me do, it made me cling to my mother. Like, you know, when my dad was in the picture, I, you know, I'll always love my mother. And I'm always gonna love my mother, but my my uh, 
you know, my attention always went to my mother, like after he died, because it was just like one of them. That's the way I coped with it. I was like, you know, mom want to go shopping. Let's go shopping. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm in the women's department. I'm having, and that took my mind off it. So um, that kind of pushed Al into the, almost like the father role. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Al, Al actually chose my stepdad. Like, um, my mom was, she tried, she tried dating and this was years after my dad passed. She tried dating and these guys would come in and they were doing the most trying to get our attention to be like, Hey, it would be a good stepdad. So these, these guys would come in bringing gifts and can I take your son here? And I'll be like, Nope. Like I remember <laughs> this dude gave me, I remember when, uh, when that Batman came out, when, when, uh, when Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds and uh, uh, Jack, uh, what's his name? I, my, I'm drawing a blank, but Big Jack was the was the Joker, and I remember this guy bought this dope um, uh, Batman shirt, and I was like, "Yo, I ain't never seen one like this. I don't know where he got it from, whatever." Al took it and threw it right in the trash can. Like we ain't messing with him. We don't like him. You know what I mean? So yeah. Al, Al kind of had jumped into that father role for me really, really quick, and then when my stepdad came along. You know, my stepdad didn't like overstep, but my stepdad was like, you know, he's a boxer. So, you know, Aaron, Aaron really like he's about discipline. He's a boxer. That's that's his thing. So he wasn't really like like guiding me a whole bunch, but he was like, now nah, you're not going to do this. You're going to be respectful. You're going to do you know, you're going to make sure you present yourself. Well, that's what he did. But then Al was more or less like. No, do that. Hey, this would be a better decision for you. Even when I even when I went to JUCO, like Al made me almost made me go to Florida to go to this JUCO. And I wanted to stay in Indiana with my girlfriend. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, our family was as has always been pretty tight. My mom's guy fearing. Uh, you know, my little sister, she's kind of like behind us, and then you got my little brother AJ. But, you know, once Al really it, it was kind of the same thing. Like, you know, my mom couldn't understand like how basketball was played. Al was doing all this AAU. And as he started to get good, you know, they had a problem with it. They were like, you know, Al, you got to go to church every Sunday or you can't yeah. go to town every Sunday. You can't do this. You can't do that. And all of a sudden when he's, when he started making a name for himself, everything just got silent. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, okay, yeah. let him do what he's going to do or whatever. And I'm going to tell you when I started feeling, I, 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 I would say I started feeling kind of left out was like around my, um, maybe like around my maybe eighth grade year, like yeah. Al started getting recruited. He started to make this name. And, you know, I was playing for this, uh, a St. Joseph team or whatever. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I wasn't very good when I started. I wasn't very coordinated and all that good stuff. I remember I had a coach um, when I first started with this team, he told me, he was like, Harvey, he was like, every day you come in here, I want you to jump rope. Bro, we, we had like, we were like 10 practices in. And I mean, we practiced like every day. We're like 10 yeah. practices in, like almost like two weeks. And I'm jumping rope. And all my friends that I knew that, I, that they were better than me anyway, I was jumping, jumping rope, and they're looking over, they laughing. So I went home one day. I was like, man, I'm, I'm about to quit this. So I'm not going to, you know, I kind of had a little conversation with my mom. My mom was like, nope, just go back, stay with it or whatever. And I got to like, maybe like that third week, and all of a sudden, yeah. I was able to make moves. My footwork was together and all that good stuff or whatever. But, you know, I, I, I kind of went from that to, you know, um, coming off the bench, not really playing much, six man, and then all of a sudden, I was starting. So I remember this as clear as day. We was playing St. Cecilia 
uh, in some part of Jersey. I can't remember where it was or whatever. And um, I had started a couple games, and this was the first game that I scored more than 10 points. And I had maybe like 18 points, and I probably had like 10 rebounds. All right. Every single parent was there, just about. Because these yeah. are all – most of these people that, that sent their kids there, they had the money to do it. Um, I know my mom didn't pay for it. They just – you know, they saw me and was like, oh, that's probably Al Hampton's brother. going to be pretty good. They pulled me in. And, you know, I got home and I kind of talked about it. And it was like really pushed to the side because it was like, oh, well, you know, um, University of North Carolina is looking at Al now. And so-and-so called him. He was on the phone with uh, Big John Thompson. So yeah. I, that, that for me was like, well, that was the start of it. It was like, man, it's just not good enough. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like, I agree. Like, well, I'm just saying, like, what do you do as a kid if your son, he comes, he's all excited about something and – you had this kid. You had this kid over here, and everybody see that he's about to be great, and everybody's talking to you about him, and, and your kid talks to him about talk to you about you know scoring fifteen points. You're gonna be like, okay, yeah, good job, nice job. Okay, back to over here. And I mean, for me, that's that's a part of life. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and I mean that's that's there's certain ways that you have to deal with certain things, but. You know, the life of an NBA brother is is kind of crazy. So let me yeah. let me ask you a question. You got a podcast. What's the name of it? What it's about? Well, it's it's called In the Paint. Okay. With with Daniel Artest. I can't call it In the Paint regular because it's Matt In the Paint podcast. I didn't know that until I did a search. <laughs> right. So, right. Um. No, it's just basically just talking about NBA. Pretty much. That's it. Pretty much. Just talking about NBA and okay. and um. Just you know, just doing like you know some evaluation of NBA players and things. Like I, I'm, I'm doing a podcast soon about you know my uh you know just the NBA awards, who's the MVP so far, and everything like that. Right. I, I spoke about um could C, uh, Pascal Siakam get um most improved player for the second year in a row. Right. Because he definitely improved his game, but that was before Luca Doncic you know stepped it stepped his game all the way up, bro. Like you know now he's just. He, he, he's a killer, man. That, that yeah, he is nice. a killer, man. Just too, <laughs> too bad he twisted his ankle. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, he's going to be out for a little bit. And, you know, it, it's just basically just NBA talk. I'm going to get into some college stuff soon. And I'm also talk about some overseas stuff, like, um, you know, the, the league in Australia. And I'm going to do, do a podcast with Homicide. You, everybody know who Homicide is. Yeah, you know? for, I know For those who don't know who Homicide is, Corey, Corey Williams, you know, streetball legend, um, right. you know, had a, had a cup of coffee in the league for a second, and then right. you know had big success overseas in Australia. So you know this is basically like I'm just trying to just build it up, you know, start off slow, and then you know just build from there. Right. Things, right. Next, yeah. next thing, our next line of questioning, man. Um, what is it like? What was it like being an NBA brother? And <laughs> we're gonna go back and forth on this one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now that that was that part was fun. Like the whole draft experience was crazy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, like. Like, just like just being around the whole atmosphere, you see all these NBA legends and everything, right, you know, right. pe people that we watched on TV, we seen, you know, because um, right. it was in D.C. And, and like, you know, the other side, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, like the, 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 the woman or whatever right. that just, that just want to be around there. Right. I, I, I was 16 when Ron got drafted. And, right. um, you know what I mean? I, I wasn't experienced with, with girls or nothing like that. I just played ball. So, like, you know, I, I was a big, little big head kid, whatever. And stuff like that. <laughs> I looked intimidating because I was I was already like two sixty, right. you know, six six two, two sixty or whatever when right. I when I was a sixteen years old. So like, you know, so I didn't have experience with the girls like that. Right. But like it, it was it was it was like overwhelming. 
Right. You see the you see the legends. You got this. You got you got the the temptation side and stuff like that. On, well, the, that, on I, that point, from my from my standpoint, what what I liked, it, it was nice. You know what I mean to be able to mingle with them. You know what I mean and have conversations. Yeah. You know what I mean. You you have a conversation. I I, I remember uh, um, sitting in the for the first time. Uh, Vince Carter had a uh, had that Bentley Azor, and he had, yeah. he had a drop top. And I remember sitting in there talking to him. With you know what I mean, like yeah, hey, what's the, you know when'd you get this or Demar Johnson riding in his Bentley, and then yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, um, uh, talking with uh, when Ty Lu had his his uh, SL you know drop top and and yeah. riding in with them and driving Al's Bentley, and you know what I mean. That was that was real cool. You know what I mean. But, well. But, Go ahead. My, my first, my first, all right, if, if, all right, we talk about that now. Like, I chilled at Michael Jordan's crib because, you know, Ron got drafted right. to Chicago and stuff. So, Ron had this red Hummer. Right. And um, I think it, we, I went to Deerfield High School and um, Michael Jordan kid, they went to like Deerfield Middle School. But we had a football game and they was there and everybody was talking about it. But, and then, like, Ron usually let me just drive the Hummer to school because it was like a block away. Basically, right, so right, I used right. to drive the Hummer to school, and they the kids liked it. They like, oh, that's Michael Jordan's kids, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he wasn't there, um, but it was cool to just be in the house, hanging out with his sons for like for for a right. couple hours, and I got to tour around the whole crib and stuff like that. They got the whole room. That's with, crazy. With the um, yeah, they got the whole room with with it's like the hardwood floor of the um, I think it was the the first Chicago Stadium. Like that's right. that's what he has. That's what he has in his, his trophy room. So I got to see the trophy room. Like I, that was like the only time I wish like social media was existing back then, so I could just show like you know right. everything's just by memory. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. You you, um, didn't, you don't have any pictures or no no posts on Facebook. No pictures. And all that other stuff. Right. No post. No, no no stuff. Nothing like that. But what? the best part was um was playing basketball. You right. know with, with players and stuff. I remember I. I went to have Fred Hoiberg. He was on the Bulls at the time. I asked to play one-on-one. I asked right. to play Greg Anthony one-on-one and stuff like that. They both said no. Like, you know, Greg Anthony that old at the time. Um, <laughs> right, right. The, the, best, the best years was Indiana, though, because right. I was actually, like, really always in the facility playing ball and stuff like that. You yeah, know? yeah, that and, was um, dope. Yeah, I got, I got real – I got way better during them years because I, I had to go up against, like, everybody pretty much. Right, and, right. You know what I mean? I, I caught James Jones something vicious. And um, he, he ended up hitting mad threes in my face, but I don't care. You can hit all the threes in the face that you want. <laughs> all you need was that. Well, I, I remember one time. I remember one time playing uh, playing on that practice court, and um, and uh, Larry Bird walked down there. It was crazy because we was playing up and down, and uh, yeah. I was guarding Fred Jones. Fred's my guy, and yeah. you know we getting up and down, and you know Fred. I mean, obviously Fred was a pro, and I was still a college kid, but you know I, I got off, but you know yeah. not like Fred did, but. When when Larry Bird came in and Fred like tried to break my wrist trying to steal a ball a couple times, I'm like, bro, like, calm down a little bit. But I understood. It's like, oh, now you got to turn up. You got to turn up. Yeah, like, he, he like he like Larry Bird sitting over there. You ain't about <laughs> to. And you know, to the average guy, most people see Larry Bird walk in and, and you're gonna freeze up. We have seen Larry Bird. I have had conversations with him so much that it's like, oh, there go Larry Bird. You know what I mean? And, uh, and yeah. And and it was a it was a perspective about it. And like you said too, it's. You know, going back to, you know, how your brother let you. I remember my brother, uh, you know, he had his S500. And when I started driving, man, I was driving that thing in high school. I got to a <laughs> point when he left in college, I'll drive. You know, same thing. Girls will see it. They're like, that's your car? Mm-hmm, this me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? So it's, it's me. It's, but one, one, thing, one thing about a lot of that is just, uh, you know, when you – the, the, the people – one thing I don't – that I say I can't care – I don't care for is, like, 
you know, the people that it attract, you know, you get a lot of people around and they know your name and you don't even know them. They, yeah, you know, exactly. Hey Harvey, how you doing? Hey, hey Danny, like, what's going on? And it's like, what? You don't know me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, or and, you, and then, and then they paint the negative picture about you. Like, Oh, he, he acts snooty. He acts right. And I'm like, nah, man, I just don't know your name. I've never seen you in my entire <laughs> life. You, right. Never right. seen you. Hey, but I want to go back to um when you were talking about Larry Bird, like when Fred Jones came in. Listen, right. when that's, I think the Pacers all the time, that's how I got my first pro job because of them. Really? Ron, me and Ron was playing one-on-one. Uh-huh. And it was a game against the Timberwolves. And everybody walked in and I just turned my shit up. I was always stronger than Ron. You know what I'm right. saying? So I was able to, I, ba- I backed him down, backed him down, and then dunked. And then jumped and just dunked on him yeah. from like Garnett and like Kevin Garnett go, oh, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, 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 and like um, a scout from the Timberwolves, he called one of his friends that played in, in, in the CBA. Right. And I ended up going to this um, team called the Yakima Sun Kings. It was in Yakima, Washington, like right outside of Seattle. Right. And like that was like how I got my first professional job in, in, in basketball because of, because of, you know, just being, in, just being around the environment. And then they see, and then like Isaiah Thomas, he always was, he was hard, like you know, when we when we was training in the summer, and like he'll stop, he'll come and stop, and then like you know, point us, you know, give us pointers and stuff, and then right, we mess right. up. He's so quiet on TV, but he's not like that in person. Nah, he, he, he definitely he, not like that for sure. He, and 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 he'll get in your face. Like there's a couple yeah. people like don't. I, I I've seen him get after some guys as what is he five eleven? I yeah. mean, he, he I <laughs> I believe it too. He said some stuff doing some practices. Like I remember, I forget who it was. But it's like he said something, and somebody kind of like made a face, and he like ran up and got in there. And I, yeah. was like, I was like, I think he'll knock you out. Like, I, my money's on Isaiah. I don't kill nobody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I always thought that. I always thought that. Um, as you know, as great as a coach and as an exec that Larry Bird was, I think that his flaw was holding grudges, and he was right. holding grudges for Isaiah Thomas from the '80s. And you know, when they signed him on, you know, he ended up firing Isaiah Thomas for Rick Carlisle. I right. think that the Pacers would have won that title. Right. The year that Ron got suspended, I think that Isaiah Thomas could have, you know, would have did something different that, that entire night. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Like, I think Isaiah Thomas had Ron's ear more right. than, than Coach Carlisle. Coach Carlisle was a great coach, but that was Isaiah Thomas' team. And I, and I always thought that, like, if, if Isaiah Thomas was there, that that wouldn't have happened. He would have right. had Ron, like, you know, go somewhere else instead of going on the table and stuff. They yeah. let... I always thought that they let Ron do what he wanted to do just right. to appease him. They didn't really try to help him on the mental on the mental side or whatever he was dealing with. Right. It was just like, you know, all right, we'll just, just, we'll just relax. We'll relax the rules. Right. Give him what he wants. That's how that's yeah, exactly. And, so and, and, you know and that and that mentality is kind of like, you know, I mean, the way they dealt with it in hindsight, they're probably looking at it like, man, we could have did this a lot different. I mean, if you do stuff like that, then you gotta live with the consequences. Right? Yeah, you know, the stuff will happen. We'll talk about that in a second. But you know, you you gotta, you know, certain things, certain levels on certain things, you gotta you gotta do it. A, you gotta do it a different way, man. Going back yeah. to like, you know, being a brother in the NBA. One thing that I always I always felt like this, man. And you know, my brother, you know, he was looking out for me. You know, jewelry. You know, anytime yeah. Jordans come out you know, we go shopping, you know, new car, this, that, and the other. It just felt like to me, a lot of times, it felt like I was pulling up to the party and it was like, I was, I was, I was a part of the party, but I wasn't because it was like, for me, like, oh, let's, let's go here. And people looking at me and people like you rich, 
I got cotton. Yeah, in my yeah. Pocket. You know what I mean? Like I, I <laughs> didn't, I didn't have big money in my pocket. My account wasn't crazy. Like Al looked out exactly, and took care, but it wasn't. You know, it was like we pull up the stuff, and it was like, oh, you arrived. I remember going, going to clubs and going to certain places, and they're like, yeah, right here. Hey, that's yours right there. You know this, and it's like I didn't even work for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like so, for me, I just a lot of times I, I felt inadequate because it was just like. You know, hey, dude, you riding on somebody else's money. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like I said, yo, exactly. Well, and then you got the flunkies over here. That's like, yeah, bro, you you doing that thing over there? You doing this that? And it's like, I ain't doing nothing. I ain't doing. I ain't doing a <laughs> damn thing, that, man. That's like, his money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, exactly. Exactly. The only time like it was cool was right. when 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 um like Sacramento was cool because I was able to make my own name out there and stuff. You know right. what I'm saying? Like right. Indiana, I wish Ron and stay long enough. For me to make my own mark out there and stuff, but Sacramento, I only made my own mark out there just playing basketball and then meeting a lot of people and stuff. So, so it was able. It was times where like, like you know, me and Ron, we had the same birthday, but right. it was it was it was my party or whatever because I made that connection or whatever. You know what I'm right. saying? So like, my name was the the, the 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 name on the on the flyer. Then Ron was like, you know, he was he was on the flyer too as well, but it wasn't like promoted as his thing but you you're right a lot of people just think that like yo no we're not rich and stuff you know what i'm saying and then everybody right. just assumed that you was rich your entire life right like, you know yeah. what i'm saying like hey now listen now now, listen, let, man. now let's talk <laughs> let, now let's talk all right i got to so okay before i got to indiana um, uh -huh. you know i was I, by no means I, I i we lived in a house um yeah. you know we 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 ended up my mom my mom ended up making good and then we ended up you know, getting some social security stuff because my dad passed away. So, you know, not to get into all our business, but we ended up getting yeah. a house that was like mm -hmm. a fixer upper. It was, it was nice. I had my own room. You know, I grew up uh, in, in the same bedroom as Al, two, you know, two bedroom apartment. Me, Al, mm -hmm. my cousin was always around, my sister. And then when AJ came, AJ was in his bassinet in their room. And then by the time we moved, AJ always knew house living, right? But at the same time, all my boys is in the city. Like we all, you know, um, we didn't have, we had a house, but we didn't have house money. You think about most people that have a house or, you know, that, that kind of, that kind of equates to, yeah, they got a little bit of money. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, maybe getting rides to school, maybe doing this and the other. I went to St. Pat's, um, you know, there was weeks I, I had allowance and it was like, you know, <laughs> allowance includes bus fare and lunch. If you mm -hmm. go over that, you go over that. You being you a kid, you're going to go to the corner store. You're going to go over that. I remember my buddies going, getting on the bus, Marcus Austin, Terrell Prince, Sam, uh, Sam Lake, you know, Maurice Negron. They would get on the bus and they would throw their bus pass down. And I would go get on the bus. After I do that, A, this, that, and the other, or have to do, you know, I, I'd have some money one day that Marcus didn't have it. And I would go get a 50 cent transfer and give it to him. Because other than yeah. that, you couldn't get home. I get home. to Indiana. Bro, <laughs> bro, I get to Indiana. And people are like, well, you don't understand stuff because you rich. You know what I'm saying? Other, you, Al ain't even touch, really touch his, you know, that was a, when Al got in the league, it was a lockout. So Al ain't really, like, touch no money. You see what I'm saying? So, I know, I know. I remember, I, you know, I, I listened to his podcast with, um, with Darius Miles the, and Quinn Wilkinson. Knuckleheads, knuckleheads. And so he, Al, like, he, was living, he was living with somebody. He was living, he was with, living teammates with Tony and Davis. So, yeah. so like I said, we get here, and people are like, yeah, well, this, that, and the other, but yeah, Harvey wouldn't know because he rich. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I'm looking at you like, you're an idiot. 
Like you are. And then I, I had, I had people, this is the first time in my life that I had people not like me because of my brother's success. Like it was like, Oh, he think he better than it. And I, and you know me, I'm the coolest dude there is like, I'll go to, yeah. I'll go to certain places and I'll mingle with people that I don't know. And, and that's how I am. I'm just, I, I live my life happy. And you know, a lot of people, I remember like by the time I got to like midway through my senior year, a bunch of people was like, Hey man, I got to tell you something. I'm like, what's up? Well, you know, I, I remember one dude, he used to just mean mug me all the time. Just mean mug. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't understand it, but you know, we in high school, we in a big school. It's a rich school, North Central High School. I wasn't worried about it. I'm like, this cops, right? You know, if, if, if it's going to lead to something, then it's going to lead to something. But whatever, I'm not worried about it. But I, I remember this one particular guy came up and was like, hey, I got to tell you something. To be honest with you, I really didn't like you. You know, <laughs> I just didn't like you. And I was like, why? He was like, just because it just seemed like you walked around here like you was better than everybody. And I'm like, how can you? You know what I mean? I'm like, like, what would give you that perception? You know, you just, you know, I... I would see you and, you know, you just nod your head. You wouldn't say, and I'm like, dude, like I was in a school of 4,000 kids. You think I'm going to talk to everybody? It's exactly. not like I was walking through like with all this jewelry on and, and talking to people a certain time. Nah, man, I was walking through the halls, talking to people, people talk, anybody can stop me. You see what I'm saying? Like it, it, it was what it was, but people did not like me because of my brother's success. And then they thought, you know, oh, he think he better than everybody. Or, you know, on the, on the basketball court, when I didn't have good games, oh, you know, in the end, they were like, oh, he's sad. <laughs> you know what I mean? He can't play this, that, the other. And it's like everything that I did was under the microscope, according to my brother. And to me, that was so unfair because I knew it. And then at the same time, in my head, I always felt like, well, you know what? This is the best I'm going to be. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. as, a, as a young kid, it's hard to process and say, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to show everybody I'm better than him. You know, you, you want it, you, in your mind, you keep that there. But a lot of times, I don't think a lot of people believe that. Because, like I said, the level that he's on, anytime you talk to anybody about anything, hey, you see what your brother just did? Your brother had, you say your brother had 40. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was there. I was there. So, you see, your, your brother, your brother is, is up for six man of the year. Your brother did this. Your brother did that. He balling in New York. He having it. And, and for me, my way of coping with it was like, all right, man, you know, yeah, I, I'm happy for my brother. I love my brother. But at the same time, it was like I was realistic about myself. I got a quick question, too. So yeah. what do you think? I, I get this so much, and I see it on Facebook, and, you know, I, I hear it a lot in gyms. People always talk about that shoulda, coulda. They, man, you know, if I wouldn't have did, if I would have got grades, I'd have been in the NBA. If I would have did this, I would have been in the NBA. If I wouldn't have did that, if it wasn't for that coach, like for me, you and I lived it. We've been around the Kevin Garnett's, the Allen Iversons, the Stephon yeah. Marbury's. We played with them, and we know what's real. And that's one of the things for me, like you know, that really cut it short for me because I was like, okay, I didn't seen these guys, and I know what's real. Like a lot of people are like they watch on TV and they're like. Oh, well, you know what? I'm better than him. Even the guys that are pretty tough that don't play on the NBA teams, they're better than most of these guys that think they're good. What is your thoughts on that, man? Because I just be thinking in my head, like, you just don't – you don't really know the ins and outs, and you don't yeah. – you you've never seen that level. You see it on TV, and you feel like you can play. What do you think about that? I don't like when people that never been in the in – the, how, how I would call it – in the field – they right. talk like they have been. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't even entertain those conversations, brother. Like, right. like you. You don't understand what it takes. You don't understand what it takes. You don't understand the hard work. 
and right. stuff, especially when when those when that conversation wanna to steer towards that event stats or whatever. Right. Like I might even dare I don't even dare would ever debate anybody on that. You know what I'm saying? Like right. um, like I just leave that alone. Right. Right, right. I just, well, I, guess, man, because- I, I just thought it was funny because I, you know, I got I, I would hear that a lot. And like I said, I, I wouldn't say a whole bunch about it. I just listen yeah. to what they say or I don't comment on it. But I just be thinking to myself, like, dude, like there's a there's a lot of people out there that were nice. Like I yeah, I, remember, I remember training, you know, Joe Joe Budazar is out in at Impact and Joe gets all the pre-draft. He gets, yeah. you know, I, I watched Trey Young work out. I watched uh, Russell Westbrook, James Hart. I watched some of these guys work out. And it's like, you know, you, you'll get some guys out there that go, they're overseas guys, and maybe they're making millions. In, and they kill us. These guys yeah. are killers. And I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, it's le- there's levels to everything in life. And, Le- that's you know, it is. like, you, you got to understand, like, you know, there's, there was every, anything that you can do, there's somebody out there that can do it better. You know what exactly. I mean? I, my my guy Desmond Harrod that used to went to, that went to Seton Hall. Desmond, oh, I remember him. Listen, Desmond was a walking bucket. I was like, when he didn't when he didn't make it, I couldn't understand. He was a walking bucket. He he taught me basically how to be able to to adapt to anything. He can get a shot off anybody. It didn't matter who guarded him. You could mm-hmm. you could put Kevin Durant on him and he can get a shot off and he can make it. Like that's yeah. that was I remember you know Jonathan Bender Jonathan Bender was Kevin Durant before Kevin Durant was who he was to me because Jonathan Bender was six eleven he had a Jimmy he now Kevin Durant I you know Kevin Durant Cole you know what I mean JB he had a lot of injuries and I think JB could have been you know I ain't gonna say that he could have been KD but he was he was something close because that dude you know he's a six eleven two guard that's that's let's let's be honest K um um um. Bender was way more athletic. Oh my God! Than um than 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 Durant. Durant had the you know he got the skills and stuff. Dude, hold on, if we're being honest, yo, Bender was doing all that stuff, especially the year when a, he, remember I, the one healthy year he had when they when the when, when um they went sixty two and twenty and they lost to the damn Celtics. Huh? I hate that that damn series. Um, right, but. That that year, Bender was averaging like what fourteen points and Just, like what hey, sixteen so let, minutes, twelve minutes so, a game. So hear me out, man. Remember, do you remember the old Hilbert House? Remember the Hilbert yeah. House? Yeah. Yes. Everybody used to go to that gym or whatever. JB had just yes. got drafted. I think it was like Al. I can't remember if Jermaine was there. Jermaine might have been there. Um, is a couple guys or whatever, and they played. And then they got done, and they played one on one. And yeah, he was a problem because he could he could see over the top of everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and when this jumper was working, I was like, I, I was like, man, look, I'm like, mm, I don't know, right, somebody got to sit down. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know. Yo, have you met a question? Met a a question about him. Have you ever seen him had a bad shooting workout? I've never seen him had a bad. I have not. Workout. I have not. I have <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just telling you, JB had a lot of injuries. Like That's he, right. like. People don't understand like the NBA and playing all them games and, 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 and what their what their bodies are going through. You get it, right? They don't mm-hmm. understand like JB JB came in in an era that was just it was almost starting to fade out of all that bumping and because you gotta think about it. Like, look at Anthony Mason, Mace Man, that's my guy, right? Yeah. I met Mace Man when Al right before Al got drafted, we was playing Jersey Shore together, right? And okay. He was the size of a football player. Antonio Davis, Dell yeah. Davis, 
Bo Outlaw, these guys were big, strong. They looked like they should be linebackers and linemen. And, like, so yeah. he couldn't take – like, you got to think about it. Look at Al and look at Ron. Look how, how they were built. Them guys yeah. are built to take them bumps. Like, can you, can you imagine, you know what I mean, this, this NBA now playing against when Al and Ron was in there, they were still – like, you had Shaq. Shaq was murdering people. Like, yeah. how he about, was how about murdering this? people. How about this? Oh, All right. If, 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 because you know how this era is, though, right? Right. Like, our brothers is, is tailor made for it. You know right. what I mean? They would probably play power forward and stuff like that. Right. But would you, how would, you, I always thought that Ron would be a second round draft pick in this era because of the way he played. He wasn't like really, Ron wasn't right. really efficient. He was a great defender. Right. He wasn't really an efficient, like, scorer or whatever, like that. Well, he you got think, it over time. But he got it over time. That's what I'm saying. Right. You think that, like, like, you think that your brother probably would have been way more in the second round than, than I don't, in the and, and the reason the reason I don't the reason I don't know just because Al Al's always been Al's always been able to score once he once he got it he's always yeah. able to score and then Al was able to dribble the ball so Al Al would like you know you know you know who I can who I can make a comparison to that's why this reason why I think Al would Al might have even went up I can I can compare okay. Al to Draymond Al's better than Draymond. Like, no, than no, like, no, no, no disrespect, no disrespect. I'm, I'm, you know, and this is my brother. I've seen Draymond play. I've seen Al play. Draymond is an energy guy. Draymond um, jumper is so-so. Like he gets it going. He's good money. Draymond probably can handle, handle close to what Al can do. Al's a better ball handler. But if you if you put Draymond against Al in his prime, that's barbecue chicken. You put, Al, you put Al, you put Al on that team, that Warriors team. Al's prime on that Warriors team. Kill whoever's they, in the they, path. They they won the final. They they would they would they would have won seventy three and nine and won the finals that year. Yeah. But this is how I don't know if we read the Bible. No. This is how I describe Draymond Green's game. Mm. I consider Draymond Green as you know Samson or whatever. <laughs> Listen, you're gonna hear me out. I'm listening. This season is this season is proving it for me. Yeah. I like in I like in Draymond and Samson. He's mad strong. He got the dreadlock and stuff like right. that. The dread the dreadlocks are Clay. Right. Clay and Steph and Durant or whatever. Or just right. Clay and Steph. You can say right. that's the dreadlocks. So you cut them off and it's a wrap. Delilah is the injury. <laughs> right. When what happened now, he's playing this year, he don't look good at all in a, in, in this role. Like right. they I was like, God, dang, he got to give him half the contract. But I, but the contract. So I'm, I'm sorry. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> think about this, though. Dude is an all-star. He's only an all Like, if you look at what no, he's playing I, this No, year, but you, you got to help me understand this. Now, you, you, now this, you, you podcast about this. How is he – and like I said, I, man, I, I respect the guy. I like Draymond. But, mm -hmm. you know, you, put, you go back in the day, I, I don't know that he gets – I don't know that he gets – on an all-star team. No, he probably, he probably wouldn't have a long career because he'd be considered a tweener. There wasn't no tweeners back then. Now, right. now it is. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like he definitely wouldn't have been an all-star in, in, the, in, the, in the real years of basketball. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? So, <laughs> man, all right, let's talk about the pace and piston brawl, okay? Well, let's see. I, I, know, I know you talked to your brother about it. Um, What's the what's the story? How did how did how did he describe? Obviously, we know Ben Wallace um, lost his cool. Ron walks away. Guy throws a cup down. 
Um, Ron jumps into the crowd. How? Explain to me how that went, how that conversation went when you saw Ron next. Well, like it was, it was everything was shocking because I called him on the phone after it happened. Like I was watching, I was I was in Boston and I was watching the game off and on, right or whatever. And you know he was killing in the first quarter. I remember he had like seventeen in the first right. quarter. Yeah, and you know that was a statement game for everybody because right. they beat them. They beat them the year they beat before. Them the year before, right? And this is the team right now. You know what I'm saying? And like after after it happened, it's just we talked and like he was just like quiet. And I was I was I was more mad at, at the stuff that happened from the fans more than anything. You know, and the, the on court stuff is the on court stuff that happens for sure. But when the, when when the fans enter it, and I kind of felt I, I felt bad that I wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, 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 I haven't gotten over. It. I did a podcast on that too as well. It was like like my feelings was like because I, I wasn't in Ron's documentary, right? Because I knew what I was going to say. That's and, like, and, and see that's what <laughs> and that's 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 what I'm about to come to. Because I mean, let's talk about it. All right, so. For you, and like I said, I know you I know you were upset. It's kind of like I remember one time, um, um, was it George Lynch? Um, I missed I missed the NBA, I missed the game. It was like the Hornets uh against the Pacers. And I was I was with my girlfriend, who was my wife at the time, and I was supposed to come to the game. I overslept and I woke up and it was like third quarter. And George Lynch, I we knew George Lynch, whatever. And yeah. uh, you know, obviously we know a lot of those guys, but George Lynch and Al got into it. And I was upset because I was like, like I, I just felt it was kind of some disrespect. And I was like, man, I wish I would have been there because I would have, I would have had some words to say to him afterwards. Like, man, are you kidding? You know what I mean? Don't come at my brother like that. You know, just, yeah. just we always been protective of our brothers, right? Yeah. How do you exactly. feel? And, and like I said, I mean, elaborate on, uh, you know, what how you felt. I mean, let it out. And then, um, let's talk about like Ron turned around and forgave this guy. <laughs> I know that probably ain't sit well with you at all. Elaborate but, on that. Uh, well, like Ron, Ron, when he, when, when he forgave me, he was cool with the guy. So that's cool. That, that's, right. that's actually something that I should do. You know what right. I'm saying? Like we all should aspire to not have whole grudges against anybody. For sure. But no, I, my, definitely. My reaction, my, my how I feel, to be honest, is I want to give him the same energy that he gave my brother that night. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to get physical. I want to, I want to meet him. And I want to talk to him man to man, like, yo, like what you did was wrong. You hit somebody from behind and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Whatever. Right. That was weak. You know what right. I'm saying? And right. and like there's other people on, on, on Ron's family side, like Ron, he he's chilling. You know what I'm saying? But there's other people that that that's that's not chilling, you know? Right. Like that right. that still has, you know, that those 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 issues or whatever. But you know, I mean, I was I was talking to my girl. She was like, "Yeah, you know, he he passed, he moved on from it. That's his situation, and maybe you should." I'm like, "Yeah, you're right, but you don't understand at the same time, like that it, it sucks you're, you're that I, that was Yeah, like my nickname is the Guardian for a reason. When I, right. my streetball name is the Guardian or whatever, and then it's like you know, Ron's playing against Ron at Rucker Park, and right. one of my teammates got into it with him. I ended up getting into it with my teammate. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's when they gave they gave me the nickname the Guardian. So it means something. You know what I mean? That I am my brother's keeper, yeah. and he'll do the same thing for me. You know well, what I mean? A, like, what? Well, that makes sense. I mean, you know, it, it, it's funny because like I, I watch a lot of stuff with Russell Westbrook, and you know, he he kind of get a bad rap because you know he says stuff to people in the crowd and this that, and the other. But you got to understand, you know, fans are fans, and fans say certain things that are crazy. Or they do yeah. certain things that are crazy. And at yeah. the end of the day, you know, these are still people we care about. You love Ron. I love Al. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We not, I'm not, 
I'm not gonna let somebody just say certain things to my brother and just be like, oh, okay. I've I've had I've had you know even with Ron, Jermaine. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, a couple of the NBA guys that I was pretty close with. Ty Lu, um, Chauncey Billups. I've been with these guys, and I remember one time I was with Jermaine, and somebody yelled out something at Jermaine, and I turned around like, "What'd you just say?" Like, you know, don't yeah. don't say that. Don't you know what I mean? Don't do that. Don't just don't. And, and I'm not that. Not that I'm trying to be this tough street guy, and I'm a I'm gonna take on the world and beat everybody up. Not that, but dude, this is a he's a human being. Now Jermaine just kept walking like it was like Jermaine's the type that. You got to take it to his face. You take it to his face, now you got a problem. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. you say certain things or whatever, he'll just keep walking because he's he's smart enough to know, like, you, you can't fight every battle. But for me, what the guy – I forget what the guy said. We was here in Indiana, and whatever the guy said just crossed the line so bad, I had to say something. Because a couple other people said some stuff to him, but it wasn't, like, negative, but they kind of yelled out some stuff or whatever. And, yeah. and this particular person said something, and they just crossed the line. And I'm like – you know, you ain't got to do that, man. He's a he's a, 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 a oxygen breathing. You know, you cut him if he bleed. He's he's a human being. So yeah, exactly. don't forget that. Just because he makes you know more money than a lot of people ever do in their lifetime doesn't mean that this dude don't have feelings, or doesn't mean yeah. that he's not going to react to certain things. So that was the thing that I took from it. A lot of people, you know, I, I got this a lot, and you don't know this. I I, I I'm not going to call you and talk about your brother. You know what I mean? People say stuff. I'll, I'll say what I need to say. A lot of people are like, well, what happened with Ron? Ron's, Ron did this. And Ron is crazy. And, Ron, and I'm like, listen, I'm like, would you? I said, we're in the gym right now. I, I, said, I remember having this conversation in the gym. The guy was like, yeah, he, he got to control himself. He got all that money. He got to serve, serve restraint. I said, can I take a, I, can somebody walk over here right now? Uh, we get into it. And you mad, right? Now, now, Ron walked away, but adrenaline was pumping. I don't care what nobody say. Adrenaline was pumping. Yeah. That's what it was. Can somebody mm -hmm. throw a cup on you after you and I just got into it and you're not going to go over there and address it? I mean, for a second, Ron forgot he was an NBA player and became a human being, right? Like, yeah. that, that's life. Nobody, you can't do that. So I, I just was like, man, I said, y'all just don't understand. I mean, y'all want to take it all out that – the NBA guy needs to be the one that doesn't shouldn't do certain things and stuff like that, but he's still a human being. I'm not I'm not defending either side. I'm looking at it as a person right now, right? Like yeah. he was wrong. Like Ron could have shown some more restraint, but like I said, like something happened, he reacted. He just like that's that happens in life. Right, that's to, the most human. That's the most human reaction that you have to do. Right. That nobody. Nobody's lucky. That's why when people be like, "Ron's at fault," I'm like, "How is he at fault?" If like, especially like when 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 you hear these ex NBA players that that does commentating now, if right. and like like if I did that to Shaq or Charles Barkley, if that happened to them, like oh, you know man. what I'm saying? You know, oh, like the, I, I don't understand when when people. I I I would rather like the regular you know, commentators, they could speak on it in that type of manner because they don't know, you know what I'm saying? Right. But I just think that any self, not, not self-respect, but any human being, like you throw something, that's the first reaction. Right. Like you just can't turn the other cheek. I'm sorry. It's, 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 you're going to have well, to answer I, that. So, so the reason, the reason I think Ron got a lot of flack and, and for sure is just that, you know, Ron, just like, just like, you know, how they, how they dealt with stuff when he was in Indiana, it was more or less um, kind of more, lax and let him handle it 
And, yeah. you know, Carlisle, Carlisle it was a great coach, but Carlisle wasn't going to get in his face, you know, whereas I, Isaiah would have gotten in his face. I think Ron did some stuff leading up to it, and it was like, oh, well, you know what? Well, he must, he must be crazy because he did that before. You know what I mean? Or he did this. So they, I think a lot of people took the situation away from him and just went off of, you know, it's, it's, almost, it's almost like, you know what I mean, um, somebody having, a, having a, 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 a pass, some type of a pass. I'm, I go to school and I've been suspended a couple of times. I had an outburst here. I did this. I did that. They're going to take away from if there's a, another situation that was kind of out of my control and, yeah. and I jumped at it. They're going to be like, oh, well, no, you know what? He's been suspended three times. You know what I mean? It's on him. He did wrong. Well, so-and-so hit him in the face first. Well, it doesn't matter. It's, and, and, and you know what? The, the crazy part is, is that's how society is. You know what I mean? Society doesn't, you know, I, one, thing, one thing I saw this the other day, they were saying that um, they, about Mike Vick, about putting him in, I think, what are they talking about? Putting him in the Hall of Fame or something like that? They were saying oh, yeah. they were talking about the dogs and stuff like that. And what he did was horrible. He did some yeah. horrible stuff with the dogs, right? But yeah. now he served his time. Yep. He he uh he was reinstated. He, yep. he he's 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 turned over a new leaf. He showed that he's not bad. And now all of a sudden you gotta you're gonna drag him through the mud for forever. Oh, they're like, gonna dude, that's what we they're make gonna mistakes do, bro. with human, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's what they're going to do with him. His situation, they're going to, they're going, you know, people are such dog lovers out here, man. You know what I'm saying? I just want to know the people, you know what they should do, though? Everybody right. that's, that, that has a Hall of Fame vote should have a background check on them. I want to, I want to unlock some skeletons well, in their life. No, well, I'm just, so like, I'm saying, they're, I'm, they're, go they're ahead. judging. They're, they're judging, right? You know what I'm saying? They're going to hold a whole dog situation over, my, over Mike Vick. I'm asking, I'm asking this, and I'm asking you this, okay? <laughs> uh huh. As, as, so, and, and not even talking about the, the, the and, and I, I, I've, I've had dogs. I, you know, you get dogs, you love dogs. I get that. Yeah. I'm saying this, when you talk about being in a Hall of Fame or anything like that, should your background, should your background matter in that? Like, say you get, you know, a woman beater, you know what I mean? And that's not, and these are, all these things are not okay. Let's let me yeah, put course, that out. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I know I'm, what you're saying. I'm, I'm not we're okay. I'm not okay with domestic violence. I'm not okay with abusing dogs. I'm not. That stuff is wrong. Like I we're get. We talk about it, your own. We talk about your on court, on field performance. Right. So that's what I'm saying. You, you, aren't you exactly. aren't you judged off of that or no? You should be judged off of that only. But they want to break. Yeah, you should be judged on what you do on the, on the field only. They they should not take account as anything that happens in your personal life. You know what I'm saying? If it becomes public. Then you know you're gonna get you're gonna get ridiculed because of that anyway. The only time I think that like off the field stuff, if you're trying to impact your your on the field stuff like with with off the field antics like you know PEDs or, or anything like that, that's different. Right. But as far as like anything in your 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 personal life, whatever, whether it becomes public or not, it should not be held against you into getting in the Hall of Fame. That's well, just my I, opinion. I just know I just know everybody has a past, and I know, yeah. I know everybody's not squeaky clean on what they've Thanks. done. And, you know, a lot of organizations cover up things for what people have done. You know, I've, I've heard stories of, you know, people have done certain things, maybe had a domestic thing with their wife and, you know, a cop recognized them and said the other day they kept it low. Whereas now social media, something happened, somebody's going to snap a picture and you're going to figure it out. But back then you was able to cover it a little bit more. I'm just saying yeah. as far as far as, you know, I, they was talking about T.O. the other day and he was on something with Stephen A and they were talking about how disruptive of a teammate he was and that 
you know, that plays a factor. That shouldn't play a factor in that. I get it. He's disruptive as a teammate, but what does his numbers say? What, what well, has he accomplished? And how was he destructive? Like, because he want to win? Right. Really? That's well, destructive because he want to win. He goes about it the wrong way. I understand he probably could have went about it a better way, Hog, but right. who cares? It, that, it, listen, so T.O. numbers speak for itself, man. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not a fan of football. I'm not even really a fan of T.O. and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? We had little battles in, um, in L.A. at the little, in the little basketball tournaments at, at um, Equinox or whatever. And stuff. That's right. my guy, though. But that's my little rival right there. But right. he's, he's he is like his numbers is crazy. Like right. he's like what number two receivings or yeah. catches and everything like that. He's everything. He's he's but he's up there with Jerry Rice, but he's behind Jerry Rice. But he right. passed everybody else. Right. So yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. But you know they're going to use everything against. Uh, they're going to use everything against him and stuff. And like I, I don't want to make it a racial thing, but you know you got to put some of that in there too as well. You know, like how they how they view him. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Well, I just I just think. How about this? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hmm? I, I bet I'm not going to make it a race thing. I just want to give my I just want to give my two cents on it, and then we can just move on from it or whatever you feel like doing. But right. I think that Ben Roethlisberger, after everything that he was that he done and was accused of or whatever, hmm. he'll get he'll have an easier transition to the Hall of Fame than Terrell Owens. Than Terrell Owens. Hmm. And that's a fact. <laughs> right. Right. Well, like I said, man, I I just feel like numbers speak volume. Yes, numbers like, do speak by I, I think I think with these guys, give all of them a chance and let and let mm-hmm. their numbers do the talking for them because at the end of the day, all that stuff transitioned over into that. Now I, you know, cert, certain extremes, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if you're talking about Aaron Hernandez and he went and killed yeah, right. and stuff like, <laughs> I, you know, that's for sure. And you caught him, then I, I might be like, yeah, you know what I mean? Don't do that. But if you're if you're just talking about you know, hey man, the numbers numbers don't lie. Find a way, find a way to to get past. You know what I mean? Stuff that they did in the past, because they did it in the past. You know, we we've all done stuff in the past that that we're not proud of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now it's not as extreme as you know what I mean, killing dogs and beating women. You know what yeah. I mean? But you know, that's something, <coughs> something in our past is like I regret doing that. You know what I mean? And maybe yeah, somebody yeah, might have exactly. saw it. You know what I mean? Maybe somebody might have saw it, and it was like, you know. They have that perspective of you, and then they're like, "Oh, well, man, you know what? You've changed." You know what I mean? Exactly. So just they should give they should give these guys a chance. Like I think I think baseball need to give Pete Rose a chance and let him get him in. Yeah. Is, like, are you yo, kidding me? You ever seen his numbers, man? Like, I, I, yo, his numbers are insane. Like, right. you can't catch him. He got like Will Chamberlain numbers in baseball. Like, right. Like, just just he he got crazy numbers, and I wish I wish I knew what we was gonna talk about this. I, I would have pulled it up and right. stuff like. This dude numbers are insane. Yeah. Like he's like the greatest baseball player of all time. Like right. he's like literally Michael Jordan. He got Michael Jordan numbers and like Will Chamberlain numbers or whatever as far right. as like offensively or whatever. Like stealing bases, getting on base, RBIs, everything. Like he's just leaps and bounds ahead of everybody. But right. I guess he bet he bet on some games and then they won't let him in because of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I know. Like and I said, the, man. And the crazy thing is now baseball betting is illegal. Is legal now. Right. Like, come on, man. <laughs> right. Right. It, it's it's just it's just crazy, man. Like yeah. I said, I, I think I think people I think people need to get over certain things. And yeah. you know, I I think I think right now as a society, we <laughs> are really really sensitive about everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, when you start talking about different rights, you start talking about certain people we are and it's like you know what we all we're all still people 
You see what I'm saying? Yep. At the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not because, because we're so sensitive and because, you know, nationally people are looking at it like this. I'm not going to walk out and treat the next person I meet a certain way because this is going on within our nation. You know, you're yeah. going to have to, you're going to have to show me, you know what I mean? You're going to show me that you're exactly. the same way and then I'll deal with you accordingly, but I'm not, I'm not just going to, I'm not going to do that. And that's, that, that's the mindset. Like, Oh, you know what? You did something wrong. Now we're going to yeah. hold it against you. You see what I'm saying? I'm, or you're, bro, or you're like this. I'm the same way. Like even in, in even in relationships, you know what I'm saying? Like I could, I could be done wrong so many times, right. but I won't bring, I won't bring that past into this one because that person ain't do nothing. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'll give you an opportunity to, to prove yourself. You, you're so right, man. You're so right. Uh, we got to, we literally, in this country, have to stop, have to stop with, with all the sensitivity, man. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes right. it's, it's okay to have a little bit of conflict and, and then tell, them, tell somebody how you really feel. You'll get further along that way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you, you're right. I, I, think, I, think, I, think that would make, I think that would make for a tougher society. I think for sure, like with our kids, you know what I mean? That's passing on to our kids. Cause I, I look at kids, I train a lot of kids and mindset wise, you know, a lot of kids are really soft and that's, and, and when we grew up, you know, the era we grew up, you had to be tough to make it in sports. You had to be, yeah. tough. you couldn't, you couldn't, if you, if you wasn't mentally tough, then you couldn't step on the floor with, you know, just like we said, when we played at, you know, on the places, the Pacers practice court, you know, if, if you, if, if you couldn't get it done or you weren't mentally strong enough to play with them, they like, man, go sit down. You know, now, like I said, yeah. you're, you're having a kid that got all the talent in the world right now and you put them up against a couple, a couple names and it's like, they fade mm -hmm. off and they're like, well, I don't care. You know what I mean? Well, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. They, they don't want to come back the next day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know, you, you can, you can attribute that to the trainers too. Whoever's doing all the training. I'm going to tell you why. Because a lot of everybody do the whole, you know, the load management thing. And then right. now we're gonna we're only gonna work out for an hour today. You know right. what I'm saying? If you get tired, we're gonna stop when you get tired. You know right. what I'm saying? They're not teaching they're not teaching kids how to push through right anymore. You know what I'm saying? Right. I feel like that like as a trainer, that that's something that you gotta keep going, man. You you're the last. Right. Like that we our era is the last era of like you know, being tough, pushing through, just being just persevering through anything. Right. I think that's I think our era is the last one because of that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like we like these 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 NBA players or whatever these professionals making too much money to just be rested. Yeah, <laughs> they're too young. You can't be doing load management at 19, 20 years old. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, like you know, we're gonna rest you. You know, unless you got a, like an injury or whatever. Like Kawhi right. Leonard's situation is different because he had he actually has, uh, and he's like a Brandon Roy type of thing. But he got championship ring and right. he's resting. Brandon Roy wasn't resting. Now he could have benefited from that. But it's just, it's like like a lot of people sitting out practice and things. Right. You know, they, they're 20 years old, 21. You're not supposed to set out practice until you, until you at least in your 15th year. You got to earn right. that right. You know what I'm saying? Good point. <laughs> you got to earn that right. So, like, we need, like, you know, like, I was thinking about getting into training. I know how my methods is going to be. I'm going to be tough on them because right. that's what it takes. Like, it's not easy to make the NBA. Right. You know, it's uh, 7, billion it's 7 billion people in this world. Right. Or what? Let's just say, let's say 1 billion people play basketball. Right. And there's 458 spots in the NBA. Yes, that's your goal. You really want to get to the NBA? Okay, this is how you got to do it then. Right. It, it takes hard work, man hours, no we gimmicks, none of that, that. crap. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We you know was what I'm in the gym with these guys. When they we was working. in the gym. Man, like, you know what I'm saying? You, you want to do two hours? Okay, we was doing two hours four times a day. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. One day, one, one workout. You know, you know how the morning workout is. Right. Skill work. 
Then you, you go home, you eat your breakfast, and then you come back. Then we play and pick up. You go home, then you come back, then we stretch and doing yoga and all those little Pilates stuff. Right. You go home and you come back, and then we do doing strength training. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. I remember every that. Every day. I remember every that. Every day. I remember that. Every and, day. And, 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 and the craziest thing is, you know, their lifestyle, you know, these guys would be out the night before. I remember, yeah. I remember, I remember coming in the house one night, my brother, like four in the morning, and then he got up at about seven o'clock and there you go. He's on the court. I was like, and, they, and, and, and these kids, they don't know how they don't, they don't know. They just, they just see, I liken it to, I liken how the, how kids see the success and how they want to do it, how they think it is. Right. As you go into an art gallery, you see this nice finished portrait, you right. see that painting or whatever, you know what I'm right. saying? Right. But, but they don't know that how long it took to paint that from a blank canvas. You know what I'm saying? Sure. How, right. how you get that Picasso, that thing came from a, a blank canvas. You know what I'm right. saying? The work that you got to put in the mass of that, you know? Right. And right. these kids, they don't want to master anything. So right. if you want to speak on mastering something, they don't I, have I, no, they're not mastering one skill at all. That's, I put it like kid. this. I put yeah. it like this. A lot of kids, a lot of kids want to be Steph Curry before they, before they're Steph Curry. I see kids yeah. want to shoot the ball and turn around and this, and the other, but they can't, they can't make six Can shots in a uh, row. Or, or the, how about this? They can't even make a basic layup. Right. You want a jelly. You want to do the jelly finger roll or whatever, but you can't even make a basic layup first. You got to like, figure it out. You got to – it's not figuring it out. It's easy. Just right. do the steps. Do the right. steps. Build on your foundation. You can't have a house. You're going to have a mansion with no foundation. You're just going to put it on a pile of dirt. You right. know what I mean? No. It's going to fall. You know what I'm right. saying? You got to build that foundation first. Cause then, then you keep building. Then you keep building. Then you keep building on it. Like that's what trainers that's what trainers don't do today. You know what I'm saying? Like you, yeah. see, you know what? That's that's one of the things that bothered <laughs> me is like, mm -hmm. you know, I, and I get it, you know, for kids that can do the moves that I, that have the foundation, let's do the moves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or let's or let's take it up a notch. But it kills me when I get a kid that left a trainer and they can't even curl around and get their feet into their shot. You know, oh I mean? my they, god, man. And, and it's like and it's like what you know, you were training with who? Yeah, I was training over here, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I said, do you know that you're not even, you know, you're when you shoot the ball, your one foot is turned that way, another foot is that way. Or when you know, when you make when you make your moves, you're standing straight up. Did they did they <laughs> let you do that? And it's like, yeah. you know, we work on the basics first, like you said. Yes, you got to. You gotta work on the basic every day. Like yeah. you, you can't you can't match like to master a move doesn't mean you master the basics. You know what I'm saying? No, right. you got to work on the basic, the foundation, and the basics every day. And yo, listen, I did a, a um, I did an Instagram st a story on on footwork. Like, right. you got to do footwork, footwork, footwork at all times. They all see times. that. Uh, they, you you got listen. Like, I think the only thing people need to stop messing with is if, if somebody's shooting eighty, like somebody can shoot sixty percent from three or forty percent from three pointers or fifty percent from three, right. but they have a horrible form. I think they shouldn't mess with the form. But you can yeah. damn sure mess with the footwork. And you like, uh, I be seeing, I be watching these videos. I'm gonna send you one after we get this. Like they just do crazy drills and not on balance. Right. They doing all these crazy drills and there's no balance. The footwork is horrible. I'm like, that footwork means something like how it's, you can carry. It, I think Kyrie Irving got that shot over Steph Curry. You know what I'm right. saying? He used great footwork to escape. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, a lot. It it's, it's almost it's almost a lost art. Like worrying about. Yeah. You know that's that's one of the things that you know I I really I really I'm a stickler on balance, footwork. You know what I mean? Staying low. Um, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? At, you know technique. 
I, I'm a stickler on that. Like, you know, we'll start doing certain things and it's like, okay, we're doing that and you can't do it. Okay. Oh, let's stop. <laughs> let's go back yeah. to this. You know what I mean? Like we, if we, if we go to the advance and that's step number six and you're not past three, we're coming back to three. You gotta, you gotta be able to show me that you can, that you can do three, four five, and then we'll turn it up a little bit. Cause I, exactly. I gotta see that you, that you can do that correctly. And then once I see you can do it correctly, now we can work on the the the, the step back. You know, a lot of kids, I, I you know, now they're like, Let, I want to do the side step back. I'm like, listen, don't, don't if you want to do that, do that on your own. Don't tell your parents that I gave you that because it's a travel to me. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to train you on doing what James Harden does because James Harden has a stamp on that, and the NBA is going to let him get away with it. If I had yeah. you come through the door and train that, and you're traveling, your dad going to be looking at me like, hey, what are you doing? What, what are you am doing? I <laughs> And the funny thing is this, like James Harden, yeah, he, like all the elite players that do that, they have the basics though. You know what I'm saying? No, like for they sure. Have it. They have it. Get, get that down first. And then you can add on, you could, you could, you can add on to that, but get, get this foundation down Man. first. And that's, that's what I want to do as a trainer. I don't want to train high school kids or anything like that. I want to train kids that's from the youth. And then like, you know, I'll move them on to all trainers. I don't want to have you for seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve years because you know, you got you got to move. There's, there's other trainers that are way more elite than me right. that, that know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? That's why they're they're there. You know what I'm saying? Besides, you know, sometimes it's luck, but right. they know what they're doing. Me, right. I just want to build your foundation. That's that's all I want to do. Right? People people don't foundation. people really don't understand. Like I said, I go back to I remember training, you know, with Chauncey Billups and mm-hmm. uh, tra- training with uh, um, uh, Ty Lue and. Yeah, um, you know, a couple of them other of them other guards would come out or whatever. But I remember, just like what you said, basics. I remember um, doing a training session. I think Chauncey Billup missed one shot in an hour, and I mean, yeah. he was stepping yeah. in the half court shooting the ball. He wasn't he wasn't on the three point line. He wasn't shooting a mid range shot. He was stepping in the half court and letting it ride. And Listen. like I said, and then and then when he get in the game, that's when it was showtime. You get in the game. I mean, you know, Mr. Big Shot would will put you will put you on your back. But when he was training, he was working on his basic stuff. And then when they got mm-hmm. in the open gym, that's when he make the move. And we, woo, you know, all that stuff. But just like what you said, he was working on the basics, making sure yeah, because, his feet was right, making sure he's holding uh-huh. the follow through. He was shooting that ball, walking away. Like, and because, I asked him. I said, I said, man, I said, how do you, you know, I, I, I didn't know how that posed the question. Like, man, how you get your jumper like that? But I was like, how you get to be that good? He was like, man, he said, well, he said confidence. He said, confidence you know, and my, and my body, he said, when I, he said, I know my body. When I, when I get up to this, that, and the other, and if I start missing short, long, this, that, and the other, he said, I adjust it. But he said, you know, he said, I just use a lot of the basics. He straight up, that came out of his mouth. Yeah, that's all it is, pretty much. Everything else like that, what he do when, when, when it looks fancy, it's all instinct. That's right. all it is. Right. It's all instinct and stuff, you know? But everything else is basic. And the shots, when they be making, when they be missing shots, because, you know, like, they would say Ron is not efficient or whatever like that, but right. I bet you when we was working out, you probably seen Al make, like, to finish a drill. They'd be like, yo, listen, to go to the next drill, or you got to make, we'll, we'll be like, hey, make three in a row, you go to the next drill. Right. No, theirs was like 20, 25 in a right. row. And right. they was doing it. Right. You know what I'm saying? But that that's repetition. That's in the gym. That's staying, and that's where the footwork come in, and that's when we're drilling you. And then you might you might get frustrated because we're drilling you so much, but that's what it takes. You know what I'm saying? Why do you think Devin Booker could do every day make 70 straight shots in a row? Or right. they got this just eight, they got this 18, they got some crazy drill where like I seen them, they they made like um it was like a hundred or something in a row. Like right. every day. They make it hundreds of shots consecutively. Man. These guys can that, light it up. 
Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But uh, the, these kids, they they they'll know. They they they're gonna know what it takes after they listen to this podcast. They're gonna they're gonna have, they're gonna they're gonna understand what it takes to to, to really get to where they want to go. It's, it's sacrifice. Fun. It's funny because it goes back to what I said about them guys. <laughs> and be like, man, I could have been there. I could. I'm like, dude, I've seen these dudes put in in that work. You may have worked yeah. on your game, but I don't know if you worked on your game like this. And maybe they did. I don't know. But like I said, you know, we witnessed that. We witnessed that firsthand. And like I said, I mean, yeah. These guys, these guys were for real. They were the real deal. These guys, they ate, slept, and drank mm-hmm. basketball. You know what I mean? Yep. It was like, oh, we're going to party. We're going to go here. We're going to travel a little bit. We're going to do. But it was like, you know, we will go somewhere and, you know. Ain't working out because they bored. They don't the know what to room. do. Exactly. Yep, exactly. He, Yo, he, man, he putting up the... shots. You know, we on vacation. It's like, dude, you on vacation. Yeah, well, I ain't really no vacation. You know what I mean? I, took, I took, took a week off that I didn't do nothing right after the season was over, let my body recover, but I'm right mm-hmm. back at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, man, so we need to – this is what we need to do, man. Uh, we talked about this a little bit more. We probably need to go ahead and get together and do a couple, maybe like once a month, once every two weeks, man. We talk about maybe some training, talk about the NBA, uh, what's going on. I definitely want to do a segment with you and talk about um, – you know, LeBron James, I, I, I hear so much negativity when it, when it comes to LeBron James. And I just think that LeBron is like Kobe, Mike, you know, um, these guys are <clears throat> one of a kind and mm-hmm. people are going to find a way to hate you. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just what it is. It's like, you're not that good. And <clears throat> it's not even the fact that LeBron proclaims to be that good. It's yeah. everybody else proclaiming him to be that good. And everybody uh, projects onto him that, uh, he thinks he's better than everybody or he thinks he's the king. Well, people have gave him this name. You know what I mean? And he elaborated on it. I, that's like me <clears throat> going out tomorrow and being, you know what I mean, royalty as a podcaster. And I'm like, hey, uh, you know, and I start using it. Oh, Harvey Harrington from Dream Chasers, you know, royalty podcast now. And people are going to be like, well, he ain't royalty. He ain't better than me. Or he ain't better than this one. You know, Danny Danny Artesis is way better than his. That's just people. So I would definitely love to sit down and talk to you about that, man. Um, How about this about LeBron? How about this? Like, his nickname was the chosen one. That was the nickname they gave him. They gave him that. that. King, media King James them. That's what the, the media King James them. For sure. The, the same media that be trying to tear him down, they the one that build him up. That's why I never, I don't listen to LeBron slander at all. Right. Like, you know, you can't. First of all, he answered every call since he was 16 years old. For sure. You know what I mean, answered every call about like high level, or you know what level can he get to. He answered everything. No, <laughs> no scandal. But what's the scandal? The decision. Man, don't I don't listen. even see it as a hey, bad hey, thing. No, no, no. I'm not. We're not gonna do this. We're gonna do this on another one. <laughs> y'all got okay. to listen. Y'all got to listen in so that <laughs> so that me and Danny Artest can can attack this. Because like I said, I already I already got like a blueprint on what I'm gonna say, and and that'll shut a lot of people up. Period. Like Shoot, we're not we we're not the joint forces. We might have the joint forces just have a. We might have the joint forces just have a two man podcast, man. We and need to. There, man. We need and to. Talk, and, and talk every week or whenever. It don't matter, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> because. We, we we know we know what we 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 know what it takes right to right. to to help kids man. and and that's sure. what that's that's the thing we we want to help kids get to the right. next level like right. it's not about us a lot of these coaches make it about oh all right let me let me let me bring it back a little bit mm-hmm. these coaches are so selfish right that mm-hmm. everything ties into what's going on in the NBA as far as everybody getting these these crazy long term injuries right like you know what I'm saying like Kawhi hurt all the time or whatever. Right. Brandon Roy was hurt all the time. 
Greg Oden was hurt all the time. All these AAU coaches are so selfish that they're willing to have all these kids from nine years old all the way up to they get to college playing hundreds of AAU games. It doesn't make any the, sense. The wear and tear on these kids' bodies, brother. You know what I'm saying? That's where it starts from. It don't start so, when you get to so, the NBA. So, so I remember, and like I said, we're gonna finish with this because man, we this is this is good stuff. We need this on yeah. we need this on another one, uh, on another podcast. I yes. what I remember as a kid growing up was that we didn't we didn't start playing sports um, even even real competitively till probably like sixth seventh grade. And when yeah. I say competitive, we're playing wreck. We wasn't yeah. like my daughter's in the fourth grade and she travels and they play, you know, they'll play three games in a weekend or, you know, they'll practice twice a week. Oh, that's, that's too much. It, it, to me, even, even, and like I said, I mean, she wants to play, so that's fine. But if you left it up to me, I would say, Hey, you know, go play a tournament, maybe here, play another tournament there. And then mm-hmm. why don't you go run some track? Why don't you go mm-hmm. play some volleyball? Why, mm-hmm. Like, everybody feel now, we're, like I said, society is so sensitive on everything that, oh, you know what? This kid needs to play year-round in order for them to make this team. No, that's not. No. If, if, if a kid needs to play year-round and needs to play since they were young, Al's not in the NBA. Al's, Al, Al played rec basketball in seventh grade or something like that, had two left feet, and it was the worst I've ever seen. And then yeah. all of a sudden he was playing football and this football coach made him play basketball, just like what he said on the knuckleheads podcast. Yeah. Right. So like there's kids like that. Like you, you can't equate for who's going to be tall, whose natural ability is going to start to shine through, who's going to gain muscle and body is going to mature at a certain time. Like everybody's not there. You know what I mean? And because you do it, just because you're good when you're young doesn't mean nothing. I remember all the kids that was good when we was young, and I was yeah. in, when I was in high school. These kids ain't even play no more. They was coming to the games and was in the crowd in the stands. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? People, people need to understand. Like, I, I get it. Like, if you if you want to, uh, you know, help have your kid excel because this is what they want to do. Then yes, you know, get them some training work with them a little bit, but not year round, not year. Yeah, round. Exactly. I mean, I, yeah. I would, I, I'm, I'm more of an advocate. Like for me, uh, my daughter played two, two summers at AAU was way too much. Right. So she, yeah. this year, she's going to play maybe a tournament or two of this, any other, I'm going to work with her. I'm going to work. Yeah. My daughter gets better off of me working with her with, See, Hey, don't I, do that. Ooh. Use yeah, this I hand, would. use that hand. Let's play open gym. We played open gyms to figure out what we worked on. It, man, listen. They don't play so open right gyms now. no more. I was, I, I, I always thought, like, if I ever had an AAU program, it would go just like this. Like, if, like, since they say in a perfect world, I get into one of the major, you know, like Nike to EY, EYBL or whatever right. it's called. Right. I would just love to just play in all EYBL tournaments only. Everything else, we're just practicing. Right. You know, we're training. We're not playing in other side tournaments and everything. We're just playing in the and the EYBL or whatever Adidas has or any Under Armour circuit, those circuits, we're just playing in those tournaments. We're just traveling so, to those right. tournaments, and, and we're just doing that. Like, we're going to play in Peach let Jam. Me, or, let, let, me, let, me, let me close with this, because like I said, we need, to, yeah. we, need to, we need to do some more episodes. Let me close with this. I'm gonna close uh, I got you. I get, save the content, brother. And, we, and, you, can't, and you can't call me. I'll, I'll, and you can't call I'll, me. You, 
You can't right. call me wanna you can't call me and have a conversation about mm-hmm. any sports unless we unless we, we, we brainstorm it about our next episode. Right. <laughs> right. And we'll and we'll do that. So I'll I'll cl- <laughs> and I'll and I'll close with this. Because a lot of people but you know, a lot of people are probably questioning like, oh well, he said they can't play they're putting too many miles on their body and they can't play, but he would train them all summer and have them and have them play practice. So what I want people to understand is, is this, is that actually playing in games is way more strenuous than open gyms, than training because your body twists and turn, you're running Mm -hmm. hard, you're cutting, you're, you're trying to stop this person. Whereas open gym is a little bit more lighter uh, you know, I, I get it that you're that you're trying to you're trying to stop people in this and the other, but you're not they're not pressing, they're not diving on the floors a lot of times, they're not doing you know they should be doing some of that stuff, but they're not doing that. So you get, parents need to understand that there's a different level of if you're playing game after game after game because this game, let's say you start a tournament and this first game. If you don't win it, then it's going to have bad seating. Or if you you lost the second game, now you have to win the third game, and now the kids are playing at a frantic pace. That's what we mean about putting miles on your body. When you yeah, when exactly play, when they play in a game, it's no holes bars. You know, if you got to go dive into the stands, you know your likeliness of injuries are going to be a lot higher in a game than than they are going to be in an open gym. You know what I mean? If if you've never played before, obviously open gym needs to be tough. But at the same time, you know the pace of it. Uh, this is where they kind of learn, and you know what I mean. You kind of you kind of spell stuff out as a coach for these kids. So that's what we mean. We don't mean oh well, don't don't play games and just go play open gyms and and they're getting the same miles. It's not the same thing. You know it's what I mean? Same so, at all. It's more control. It's more control. It's, it's, it's more it's more control in there. So, but yeah. hey, man. We we are definitely going to uh, we're going to storm and we're going to put together some more episodes. Uh, if you guys like this podcast, Dan, Danny, what was the name of your podcast again? Tell me one more time. It's in the paint with in Daniel Artes. With Danny Artes, all right. On Spotify, and, I'm trying to get the app, but we're on Spotify right now. You okay, can just he, type my, he, you can just type my name in the search, Daniel Artes. On, so so I'll do you one better. What we're gonna do on the bottom of this link for this podcast, I'm gonna give the link to uh, Danny Artes. Um, this will also be on his platform as well. I will put uh, a link directly to his podcast that you can click to and you can go listen to what he, the episodes that he already has putting out or, and going forward. So go ahead and like and subscribe to his podcast. If you, if you like um, uh, a lot of stuff, what he has going on, very knowledgeable, um, you know, definitely along the line, the same lines of what, I'm promoting with helping kids to get to the next level. So I would, I would suggest that you guys go ahead and uh, subscribe to this link. I want to thank you for coming on, man. We're going to, we're going to definitely have to do this again, man. Thank you. And uh, I want to give you a special shout out, brother. Like, you know what I'm saying? For not calling Ron Meta. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm going to save that for the next podcast. We're going to call him better. No, we ain't going to do that, man. His name is Ron Artest. He he can call himself whatever he wants. I call him Ron. I call him Ron. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And you know what I mean? Love you, man. And I'll be in Indiana soon. We got to link up and have a live one, too, as well. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. So y'all need to look out for it. Y'all take care now. All right. And that's the end of the podcast. I want to thank Harvey Harrington for having me on his show, the Dream Chasers podcast. Go subscribe and review and like his podcast. And until then, have a great day.
Peace.